Welcome to the Profit Cast. We're here to talk football. Yes, football. But we're covering all our local teams too. We bring the unique perspectives of a player and a coach, collaborating on the things that bring us together and sometimes tear us apart. This, this is, is the, the Profit, Profit Cast. Welcome back for another episode of the Profit Cast. We're happy to have you here. We are going to update you a little bit on what's going on in the local sports world. Uh, So, Luke, why don't you tell us what's going on with the Central City softball team? Yes, they're having just a really great season. They're currently second in PowerPoints in Class C1. So, really, they've just kind of been dominating all year. So, it's great to see. I can't remember what their record is off the top of my head. I guess 28-2 last time I checked. It really had a good run. They, uh, yeah, they came into the district, sub-district play, and uh, drop, won the first game of sub-districts, dropped the second one to St. Cecilia, but like Luke said, have done enough with wild card points in the end of the year that they, they got into the district final. Uh, I believe they're going to be hosting the district final this Saturday, doubleheader, uh, winner, winner goes to state. So yeah, best wishes to our softball team, and we're excited to see where the season takes them. Yeah, for sure. On the football side of things, they got a great win also for homecoming week over the Fairbury Jeffs. It was a it was a stampede. For yeah, the Bison. yeah. <laughs> Ran all over the Jeffs, put up a lot of points on them. Yeah, Fairbury, Fairbury had a bit of a tough time. Um, we won that game sixty two to six, and Corbin Kai's had two hundred and forty four yards on the ground for five touchdowns. Five so, touchdowns. Really? Somebody you should have been starting in your fantasy leagues. Yeah. That's what <laughs> that's what me and my mom were talking about. You know, good week to have Kai's in fantasy. Absolutely. Looking like uh Devin A. Chain on Dolphins. Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. Um, so that was good. They got a they go from kind of flip though from playing probably one of the worst five teams in the class to one of the best five teams in the class with Pierce. So that's going to be a big test for the Bison and it's going to be a really physical football game. So now before we move on to the Pierce Blue Jays, we'll talk about them in just a minute. Why don't you why don't you give us just a little bit more perspective, Mr. Mr. Player because you got you got some good time on the field against Fairbury. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I played most of the fourth quarter on the defensive end, um, playing strong safety and got a couple tackles. So always good to get into the varsity stat book for oh, yeah. the first time. So yeah. That's nice. Yeah. It's always always good to get get pads working and, and moving up on varsity and getting more and more action. It's it's fun to have games like that. So this week, yeah, like you said, you're looking forward to Pierce, a, a really traditionally a really good program. Um, always one of the top teams in, in C one. So what are they what are they looking like this year? Um They've graduated almost everybody from last year except for their running back, who is, you know, one of those all-state kind of guys, one of the best running backs in the state. Sure. I um, mean, Keenan Valverde. So he had almost 2,000 yards rushing last wow. year. Um, and he's got, I think, over 900 this year. So he's he's going to be a force. And it's, it's really just smash-mouth football. Yeah. I mean, they're going to line up with, like, literally eight offensive linemen one receiver quarterback running back they're gonna go unbalanced and they're just gonna punch you in the face and say be more physical than us yeah yeah now as i was watching you guys play against fairbury last week i I was noticing that you know you got you got some athletes you got some speed but but not a ton of huge guys um on the football team 
Um, so it's, it is, it's going to come down to that willpower. It's going to come down to that determination and, and show a little bit of conditioning. But this, uh, this is a game that, you know, we're still kind of little past mid midpoint of the season, but this is definitely a game that has implications for end of the year and playoffs and who's going to go far and stuff like that. So, uh, best wishes to the bison this week. Hopefully they can, they can get a win against the blue Jays. Is that home game or is that up North? It's up, up there. Up North traveling to Pierce. So. Go go steal one from them. It'd be it'd be good to hand it L to the Blue Jays. Yeah. Well, we're gonna move right on from there to college football. Let's. Uh, uh, we probably won't spend too much time talking about our our beloved Big Red uh, taking another L against a team that legitimately out athleted us. I mean, I was watching mm, about as much of the game as I could stomach, and Michigan is just. I mean, they're better than than us on every position, and. You can tell they've had some several years of good recruiting classes and um you know it's from that point it's a little bit hard to even get a good read on schemes and coaching and everything from that because michigan just kind of did whatever they wanted last week yeah really just not not really much of a chance just kind of got dominated from the start against one of the best teams in college football yeah yeah, so hopefully this next week against Illinois. Illinois is a team that last year looked a little bit scary, but this year looks definitely more beatable. Both teams coming into the game with a two and three record. So uh, hopefully we'll learn a little bit more about the Huskers this week against Illinois. But uh, yeah, talking about those two teams and then especially thinking about uh, Michigan, like Luke said, one of the best teams in college football this year. Let's you, Luke's got his rankings together. We're gonna we're gonna take a look at those and talk a little bit about it. Uh, why don't you why don't you run through your your top ten and we'll see see how they look see how they sound yeah so number one obviously is Georgia and obviously I I think an almost not beating a team is not enough to justify moving them way down in the rankings okay against after dominating four weeks in a row and then kind of struggling to get started against. Auburn in their fifth game. Auburn, who is not a bad team, I think that is not enough to justify them hopping down the rankings, especially when they've probably played better teams than Michigan. Uh, that's so probably far. fair. That's probably yeah. fair. Do you have Michigan as two? I do have Michigan as two. So, so you think so? If Michigan and Georgia played this Saturday, I'd be taking Georgia. You're taking Georgia. Okay. All right. I think that's fair. Um, I haven't watched a lot of Georgia this year, but they definitely, definitely look human. You know, last yeah. couple of years, they've yeah. been just running through people and, and what, by the looks of their conference this year, they could easily find themselves back in the playoffs. But if this is a team that, you know, goes undefeated, wins the sec, even if they drop a game, they'll still probably make playoffs and be sec champions. Cause they just look like the best team in their conference sec kind of having a surprisingly down year, but you know, they could get bounced in the first round of the playoffs. We've had a lot of teams. Uh, a lot of big 12 teams in the past that have, you know, looked good going into the playoffs and then just get washed. And it's like, man, what are you doing there? So uh, that's a little bit of, you know, it's a little bit of why we play a little bit why we have playoffs, but it'll be interesting to see what happens to the Bulldogs this year. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, you know, they've got the crown until somebody takes it that's from true. them. So yeah. okay. somebody, somebody go out and take it yeah. from, from Georgia. And then moving on. So Georgia, Michigan at three, I have Ohio state. They kind of struggled early in the year, 
Um, it's a few games, kind of barely beating Indiana, but then got a good win over Notre Dame. Plus, they were a playoff team last year, so once again, they got it until somebody takes it from sure. them. Yeah. And um, moving on to four, USC is a team that barely missed the playoffs last year. I think in the AP poll, they're like sixth or something like that. But they they took a dip this week because I think they were they were either three or four going into that Colorado game, and man, we talked about this last week. But Colorado, I mean, the spread missing on them by twenty points again, just ridiculous. I thought it was going to be a forty point win for USC, but Colorado came charging back. And it was looking like it was going to be a forty point game, and yeah. the USC just they just they they got some holes in their defense, I think. And and a couple of things. I mean, Caleb Williams in the offense and Lincoln Riley, all those things are clicking right along. But at the same time, what they'd only scored seven points in the second half, maybe fourteen. Um, so Colorado really made it a game after USC came out really strong. So so we'll see. They they got some things to clean up if they want to be one of the best teams in the country. Yeah, they were they were eighth last year. They're ninth now. I still feel comfortable having them as the fourth best team. I think they're a playoff level team. That offense is just so good if they can shore up that defense. You think um, they're the best in the Pac-12? I think right now, and once again, until somebody until proves somebody that they're better. It. Okay. And Colorado really came raging back, scoring three unanswered touchdowns at the end. But, I mean, so far the points they've scored in each game, 56, 66, 56, 42, 48. Mm-hmm. So that offense is just Hard so stop that high powered with yeah. probably Heisman favorite at quarterback with Caleb Williams. Yeah. And then you've got Texas at five, a team that kind of is reversed from the first four where it's like somebody else prove it. This is a team that went out and beat Alabama and proved that they were better than Alabama, kept moving up and justified themselves a spot as one of the top teams in the country. Sure. I have them at five. AP poll has them at three. So I still have Ohio State, USC in front of them. Then Florida State, a team that beat LSU. Everybody was getting super hyped. And then they laid a few eggs uh-huh. after that. And so did LSU. You know, that LSU game looks good at the beginning of the year when, when LSU was getting a lot of hype. But now LSU doesn't look quite as good as they did preseason looks. LSU has been a real roller coaster. They've had some huge wins over you know, decent teams. They blew the doors off of Mississippi State, yep. who at the time I thought was looking like a good team. I'm not so sure at this point, but really they they went out and dominated LSU and everybody got super hyped and then they barely beat Boston College. Uh Boston College team that's not very good. No. Um they only beat them by two and then they needed overtime to beat Clemson. So and a down year for Clemson. Now Clemson, yeah. yeah, Clemson's hard because I mean it's they're not great this year, but at the same time they are a program. So I mean a win against Clemson is still a win against Clemson. Still a team that's had more playoff success than anyone else besides Alabama. Yeah, yeah. Um, number seven, I have Washington for the third time. I agree with the AP poll so far. Um, I think seven's a good spot for Washington. They've you, been really impressive this have, year. I was so gonna say, far. have you had a chance to watch any Washington games? Uh, I haven't actually watched any of the games uh, because they haven't played a great opponent yet. Sure. Coming up, 
not this week, but next week they play Oregon, and that's gonna that's going to be a game to watch. Game. Yeah, a, a really good test of of both of those teams. But I've I've heard a lot of good things about Washington's offense. A lot of people say it's one of the best offenses in the country. And really, when you look at them, when you look at Oregon, and when you look at USC, like we got we got some firepower out west this year. Yeah. Uh, it'll be really interesting to see who I think. I mean it's been a long time since we've had this much confidence that a pac 12 team should make the playoffs than we do this year i think oregon washington usc if any of those teams emerge as a pretty clean favorite from the pac 12 they got a real strong playoff argument yeah and it's crazy thinking not to tip my deck a little bit but there are three pac 12 teams in the top 10 and that is crazy to think about i think it's been and it's a, justified though so. yeah absolutely i think it's been a while since we've had three pack 12 teams in, in the, the top, top 25, 25. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah definitely we talked about this again a little bit earlier in the podcast but you know pack 12 going out all guns blazing it might yeah. be the last year for their conference but they're they're making the best of it yeah yeah great great story um so we're, we'll keep moving on the rankings. Penn State, I have them at eight. Um, they're sixth in the AP poll. They've got new quarterback at the helm, which I was kind of skeptical at the start of the year, you know, bringing in a new quarterback. Receivers graduated. Defense has lost a few guys. They they were bringing back the running backs, but I was like, all right, Penn State, prove it. And then what did they do? They went out and proved it. Mm -hmm. So Penn State – 31 to 0 over Iowa. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Not many teams can score 31 on Iowa. Always and... fun when somebody does, though. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is fun to watch them get destroyed. Yes. Um, West Virginia win in the first game of the year. Didn't look like that big of a win, but West Virginia hasn't lost a game since. Yeah. So West Virginia's turned out to be a pretty good looking win for them. And then a sneaky Northwestern team, they blew the doors off of them, too. So they've they've went out and dominated teams, and I'll be looking forward to see Penn State play a good team. Let's see. We'll we'll have to talk more about Northwestern maybe maybe before Nebraska plays them, but that's that's a team that's got me scratching my head because we both thought they were going to be basement Horrible. dwellers, just yeah, awful. And and maybe it goes, does you know I'm going to have to do a little bit more research into this, but I think maybe this is another case where sometimes when you lose a coach it just destroys a program but sometimes when you move a coach out of a program they can actually get better so um i mean i got got respect for fitzgerald and what he did there but at the same time with some of the other stuff that you hear from that program it's like well maybe moving off of a coach like that is a good thing for the program overall but but that's that's a bunny trail that's something that we'll explore in a later podcast but but i'm with you on on penn state they, they still got to prove it you know they can they can be great and still be the third best team in their half of the conference. Yeah. Uh, so until they get a win against Michigan or Ohio State, it's hard to put them in you know, to to firmly and confidently say that they are a top level team. Yeah. September twenty first, they play Ohio State. That'll be October. October twenty first. My bad. No, it's all good. <laughs> My brain is not in October mode. Um, but yeah, the the three three powers in that. Uh, half of the conference with Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State. We'll see who emerges out of those three, and maybe even Maryland. We'll see. Yeah. Um, I think Maryland's going to provide some good games at least. Yeah. Um, and then we'll keep Could moving. Could throw a little chaos into that race. It'd be fun yeah. to see. Yeah. Throw open open Pandora's box a yeah. little bit. 
Um, number nine is Oregon. Oregon's looked really good this year. Another Pac-12 team that hasn't played great teams yet, but boy, they destroyed Colorado. That was that was crazy. Forty-two to six. Mm-hmm. Really took it to them. And but that, yeah, and that was Colorado's first loss because Colorado was riding pretty high, pretty confident. Oregon basically just lined it up and said, you know what? We're tired of this. We're tired of the noise. We're going to go out and we're going to beat these guys. And they did. They did exactly what they said they were going to do. And yeah, again, it'll be really fun to watch Oregon against Washington. It'll be fun to see Oregon v. USC. Uh, and and I think, I think Pac-12 and Big Ten are kind of in a similar place because you got three solid teams that are good on the top, but you could see, you know, you could see them working out so where two of those teams makes the playoffs. So you could see somebody like Maryland, somebody like Oregon State upsetting the apple cart a little bit, taking a taking a win against one of those good programs. Uh, it'll be really fun to watch yeah. how the season unfolds for both those conferences. Yeah, I'm stoked to see how that, uh, that Pac-12 develops. I feel bad for California, Stanford, Arizona, and Arizona State because they're not going to win – probably any games <laughs> other than against each other. Yep, yep. So there's they're all quality, quality teams except for those four. Yep. So they're going to lose a lot of games. Yeah. Everybody um, else is looking like they're getting a better, better deal by whichever teams of that dissolving conference they get to add to their own conference. Yeah, for sure. And um, Washington, Penn State, Oregon, 789, I think they're all three pretty interchangeable, so I wouldn't really have any problem with any of those teams being ahead of each other. Sure. Um, we're going to learn a lot from Oregon, Washington. That's That'll tell us a lot about how this should be shaking out. And then finally, number 10 is Alabama. They took a loss to Texas, which was very surprising for most people. Absolutely. But uh, they're still Alabama. You still have faith in Nick Saban. Yep. New quarterback. Don't know what to think about him yet, but... I think Alabama still is warranted to be a top ten team. And again, a little bit like like Georgia, the top we're we're, we're finishing where we started, where Alabama could easily beat everybody else in their conference. Again, down year for the SEC, but if they just clip right along and they end the year eleven and one, twelve and one, playing Georgia for the SEC championship, you could easily see Alabama still in the hunt for a playoff spot. Yeah, still still a top caliber team. Not maybe not as flashy as a USC or an Oregon, but keep their nose clean. I mean, doing what Nick Saban teams do and just keep winning. So don't count don't count out the tide just yet. Yeah, for sure. And then just finishing off the tier eleven, twelve, North Carolina, Washington State, I think are also top ten quality teams. Mm-hmm. But I think there are twelve top ten quality teams yeah. right now. Yeah. So yeah. North Carolina getting some really good quarterback play from Drake May. Drake May is a stud. He is so fun to yeah. It, again, those those are teams that could upset the apple cart and maybe maybe dark horse for actually winning their conference. But you know, if you get if you oh, yeah. get North Carolina that upsets Florida State, or you get Washington State, you know, ruining Washington's or Oregon season or something like that, could be a really fun team to make a you know New Year's Six Bowl or something like that. Well, that's kind of annoying. North Carolina doesn't play Florida State in the regular season. You got to wait for the ACC championship. Yeah. It'd be really fun to have a couple undefeated teams in the ACC, too. Yeah. And then you got Miami and Duke in there, too. Yeah. That could shake something up. So, yeah, I think if that keeps, if the storyline keeps playing along, 
I think North Carolina would have a good chance at beating Florida State. Boy, it'd be fun to get some new teams in the playoffs for sure. Yeah, for sure. Well, jumping on up to the NFL, we got to talk about these teams. And again, it's still early enough in the year that we think we we think we know what's going on. And then we watch the the week's slate of games. We see the highlights. We check the stats, and we're like, man, we're learning all kinds of stuff. You know, we we talked a lot about the Dolphins last week putting up record yards on the Broncos, and then they take a pretty big L to the Bills. I mean, Bills look like a good team again, and and. Man, it just tells us again how bad the Broncos are. Broncos almost lost to the Bears, who the Bears have to be one of the worst teams maybe ever. They just look terrible. <laughs> and uh, loss, that was not a good game. And all kinds of things that, you know, Denver looks bad. The Jets actually almost took one from the Chiefs. Chiefs, like, you know playing a little bit distracted, getting all kinds of headlines, getting more and more people following them on Instagram and watching their games for, you know, possibly not football-related reasons. <laughs> uh, so so looking again, uh, this week's slate of games, we got some good ones. I think Houston, they're coming in at 2-2, two and two, looking, looking like they've really turned things around. Like, again, we've talked about this before. They had a really good draft last year, and, and they're – I, they're pretty close to matching their win total from last year already, but they're going up against Atlanta, who's again a team that looks like to they're they're on the ups, and so Houston Atlanta should be a good game, and uh, other other games that we're looking forward to for this week, um, Eagles undefeated, one of the last two undefeated teams in the league, going to Los Angeles to play the Rams, and the Rams have looked quite a bit better. Last year was definitely a down year for them. But this could be a track game for the Eagles, don't you think, Luke? Yeah, yeah. The Rams are sneaky good this year. They they've only picked up two wins, but if you're not careful, you you really have to come into play against the Rams. Otherwise, mm -hmm. they're gonna make you look silly. Yeah, yeah. They've played some good teams and and got got a couple of good wins. So that'll be a game to watch. And another trap game is you got on paper it looks like it should be easy. Kansas City's three and one. They're the defending Super Bowl champs. They got the high-powered offense. They got the girls. They got everything. But then you look, they're going up against Minnesota Vikings, who Minnesota is one and three, but they've their their three losses are for a combined total of nine points. So they they've struggled with turnovers this year, but they were a team that made the playoffs last year, a 13-win team last year. They got everything that it takes to take one from Kansas City, absolutely. Especially if Kansas City is playing distracted, especially if Kansas City is not doing some of those little things right that they should be. The the wild thing about the Chiefs this year, I would say the strength of their team is their defense. Their their defense has been playing good, and uh, you know Travis Kelsey is is money when you throw the ball to him, and Mahomes can still do magic. But they really, outside of those two, they don't have much. For offense, they they've been doing a few more good things in the run game. I think part of that is a deficiency of the Jets' defense, but they don't really have a long ball threat. Mahomes hasn't had a lot of really stretch the field long passes, so that that'll be a good game to watch too. That's the the three thirty game on CBS. So yeah, the Chiefs have been very human this year. Absolutely, probably the best game this slate here is 49ers Cowboys. Absolutely. That's that's the Sunday night game. I'm looking forward to watching that one, and and seeing seeing the Niners in prime time. They're they're the other undefeated team. The NFC looks strong this year with the Eagles, with the Niners, with a couple of these other teams. 
Dallas drops one to the Cardinals, but outside of that, they've looked they've looked really impressive too. They look like they have a good defense. So if the Cowboy defense can slow down all of the offensive weapons of the Niners, man, the Niners are so fun because they got Brock Purdy, solid quarterback, but he's not the one that people are writing articles about. Um, I, I saw someone had put together some stuff on the Niners and they said they have the, I think the highest paid running back, the second highest paid tight end, one of the highest paid wide receivers. It's probably the lowest paid quarterback. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's how they can afford everything else. They're not paying their quarterback. Um, but they, that's they, kind of the formula down there. It, it is. Yeah. If everybody else, I mean, you look at the chiefs, you look at the Bengals, you look at the Rams, you look at all these teams that have had recent success, even the Eagles to an extent, they're paying a ton of money to their quarterback and asking everybody else to make sacrifices. If you got a guy like Travis Kelsey, he's like, yeah, pay Mahomes, I'll take less, but win championships. And that's a good attitude for your team. But it's really cool to have the formula like the Niners have where it just, again, shows that Brock Purdy is a leader and willing to take less money and willing to do the right thing and the hard thing for his team. He's probably one of the least athletic guys on offense, but he's still the leader. And he's still doing his job, not turning the ball over, guiding the offense down. Last week, he only had one incomplete pass. That's insane. Super <laughs> accurate with the ball. Uh, just doing a lot of doing a lot of really good things. Really fun. Uh, I'm excited to watch more of the Niners this year. Yeah, I mean, interestingly enough, you look at QBR, number one quarterback in the league, Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy. And you know, you, he's just all of those people he's on the tier with next to a. Uh, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and then of course Baker Mayfield, yeah. right on that tier with the with the greats, and um, <laughs> so <laughs> great by association. Uh, another team though, like I mean, we were talking about that the the Buccaneers three and one, looking looking like the best team in this NFC South right now, wouldn't you say? I would say indeed. <laughs> the really hard for Luke to admit that the Buccaneers are good. Yeah, they've been looking quite exquisite. Quite exquisite this Ooh, year. So. Indeed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, we'll see how they haven't played great teams. I will say that. Um, we'll see who they got this week. Looks like I think they got a buy. Yeah, this yeah, week's yeah. a buy for got them. Buy. But, and and it, and they, and kind of a buy at a much needed time. Mike Evans going down with an injury. A couple other nicks and bruises here and there. So they'll they'll get rested up and hopefully come back and keep keep ruling the South and the NFC. But Stay, stay in South, boy, the AFC South is unexpected. I mean, beginning of the year, we both thought that uh, Houston was going to do some good things but still had a long ways to go. And Indianapolis, we didn't know about them. And we thought, you know, Tennessee is okay, but Jacksonville is probably the best team in that division. We're, like, totally wrong. Right now it looks like C.J. Stroud and the Houston Texans are the best team in that division, and Indianapolis isn't too far behind. So the Colts play the Titans this week. It could be could be a changing of the guard, or it could be Tennessee just saying, you know what? No, we're still here. We still run the ball. We still play defense. Get out of here, Colts. Uh, that could be a good game to watch, too, for, for the South. Yeah, tough to say. All four of those teams are right now are two and two. Mm -hmm. So Right now, yeah, it could still be anybody's. Jacksonville was a slow start last year, had a great run at the end of the year. Trevor Lawrence can do good things. But, but really, they, they have struggled. They have not looked good this year. Yeah. For a returning playoff team. Yeah, I know. So the, a, a couple other surprises that I want to touch on before we wrap up today's episode is uh, the North, I think, is a division that I definitely got wrong. 
Uh, Vikings, there's still time to turn it around for the NFC North. Vikings could still turn it around and do well. Packers have been surprising, but I think the best looking team in that division right now uh, is is the Lions. Uh, as I, I was, I, I'll stand on my claim that the Bears are the worst in that division. They're they're looking like they got a real shot to get the number one and number two pick for next year's yeah, draft. That is ridiculous. Which would change some things, but right now, boy, it looks like they need it. Yeah. <laughs> and right now, the way they're playing, that might not be enough to turn <laughs> things around in Chicago. Man, they're looking bad. Yeah, it's it's crazy to think that you can possess the pick of both zero and four teams in the league. Now that doesn't. Seem now fair. I thought about this too. With this is an incredible quarterbacks draft, and and I I'm hear me when I say this. If you have the one and two picks in the draft, and you got some real big problems like Chicago does, I think what you need to do is take a look at some teams that are doing things really well, notably Philadelphia Eagles. What's so special about the Eagles? Jalen Hurts is okay, but the best thing about them is their offensive and defensive lines. Yeah. The most important positions in football are offensive and defensive lines. So many people miss that up because they talk about flashy quarterbacks and wide receivers and tight ends that date pop stars and everything like that. But the thing that wins football games is offensive and defensive lines. So if Chicago gets the number one and two pick, I think they absolutely need to spend one of them on a big man. They, they need to change some things at quarterback. It's a really good year to do that. But I think that they need to, they really need to shore up their offensive line because you can have, you can draft Caleb Williams. You can draft a once in a generational talent, but if you can't protect him, if you can't give him time, you could have another Andrew Luck situation. Somebody that pulls wins out of chaos and just doesn't last because he's just going to get destroyed. Yeah. So, but it would be fun to see them draft both. Caleb Williams and Drake May and have a little like quarterback competition and then just trade off whoever gets second. Wouldn't what? that be wild? Wouldn't that be nuts? Yeah. Because because look at this last year. Everybody was pretty confident that Bryce Young was the best quarterback and CJ Stroud was number two. Four weeks into the season, nobody still has that opinion. Everybody's yeah. on the CJ Stroud bandwagon. And until you start playing NFL games, you really don't know. Because even during preseason, everybody's like, yeah, Bryce Young looks like a good pick. Carolina could be turning things around. C.J. Stroud has some work to do. To be fair, I do think people were excited about both of those quarterbacks. Sure. I just think it was more so. I, but I would say it's similar to what we have this year, where there's people, there's a lot of excitement with Drake May. But there's definitely way more about Caleb Williams. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're completely right there. Both, while there's lots of excitement about both teams, one is overhyping. Yeah, and and when you look at who's going to be drafting high next year, when you look at teams that need help, I mean Chicago, if they don't if they don't see their need for a new quarterback, they're they got problems. So I'm guessing one of those two guys will go there. But the next team that's really looking to shore up their quarterback spot, I don't know, maybe Tennessee. Like it's it's a Raiders team. probably Raiders, yeah. So so whoever doesn't get picked first is going to have a leg up. They're going to be on a better team. And they're probably going to see some more success quickly than than whoever gets the number one draft pick next year. Yeah. If the Giants end up with pick three, I wonder. I wonder if they'll move off Daniel Jones if they really. They just signed him a bunch of money. The Giants are such a loyal organization to their own detriment a lot of times. So I don't know. I don't know if they would draft a quarterback or not. Again, that depends on how the season plays out. Same thing with Denver at four. Denver needs a quarterback. 
I don't know. Denver needs, but again, Denver needs an offensive line because Russell yeah. Wilson, yeah, he's Russell Wilson. And yeah, he's not the same Russell Wilson as far as let Russ cook, but but the dude needs some more time. The dude needs a good offensive line. And their defense is awful. Just awful. I mean, allowing allowing the Dolphins to put up 70 points, allowing the Bears to score 30 when the Bears are just terrible. Uh, a lot of a lot of work to be done by the Broncos for sure. Yeah. Probably should be saving draft speculation for draft season. Probably. It's it's fun to talk about. It's fun to think about now. But yeah, yeah, got a lot of season in front of us. Well, that's all the time we have for today. But we are going to be back with more football talk, more local sports talk. So if you like this episode, keep listening. Tell your friends. And we'll see you next time. Take care. Yeah, football.